Hey guys, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Recovering Babylonians. We're going to be diving into the topic of feminism. It's a very hot topic right now out in social media and out in the media in general. So uh, enjoy us giving our take on that topic and what that means for a household. And uh, if you feel so led, please go down to the description below and show us some love on our social media and in all of our PayPal and Cash App and Venmo. Uh, and if you guys do have any questions or concerns with this episode, feel free to send us an email at recoveringbabylonians at gmail.com. And please enjoy this episode of Recovering Babylonians. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Recovering Babylonians, episode 10. Can you tell what we're going to talk about? That's right, the ladies. Hey, girls. How's it going? Hey, girls. This one's for y'all. I'm trying to put y'all back in your place. That's all we're trying to do today. We're toxic, apparently. We're toxic masculine men here. (laughs) There's a lot of chest hair going on right now. You guys can't see it. Super Chad. Because we can't (laughs) afford a 4K video recorder right now. But anyway... um, Super so, bad. no, okay, we're, we're talking about more of a biblical viewpoint of women in general, and mm-hmm. maybe some of the opposition that Babylon has thrown at us, you know, it, 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 there's, and it's it's hard to kind of do this and wade through it, because just the way that a man could talk at this particular point triggers any female who has a feminist ideal, you know, all of it's mansplaining no matter what, it's never not mansplaining, mm-hmm. so yeah. if a guy's talking, you're annoying, and I just got a polo from somebody, not sure who. Anyway, silence your phone. We're in yeah, a movie. Edit, edit, get rid of silence <laughs> your phone while at the movies. Oh, I'll buy the donuts next time. Sweet, thank you. But anyway, so we wanted to take a look at it from a little bit more of a historical standpoint, of course, how it affects our politics, and a little bit of why we think that some of our quote unquote wayward sons might be meddling in this kind of an idea. Because you can see the pattern of evidence through all history. You can see the fall and rise of certain empires and political agendas throughout everything. It's been something we've been battling even since the time of Paul. So, where'd you guys like to start? Actually, I think... I would like to hear a little bit of little history on this. Okay. What do you think? What do you think? I can do that. Yeah. Come on, speak. Uh, speak. Why aren't you talking? Stop pushing the button <laughs> over there. And... <laughs> buttons. <laughs> buttons. Uh, I mean... Okay, so a little bit of the history on it, and we, we don't want to teach this, but if you don't know, it, like uh, Bear already said, it, it had some early starting in Rome, Roman uh, culture. Paul had to talk on it for, uh, which which Bible, uh, book of the Bible was that mostly in? Man, a lot in Corinthians. A lot in Corinthians, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, there was a lot, lot going on in that time period. Women wanted to rule. More or less, they wanted to be in charge. They wanted to to lead the the right, lead they the church, lead the company, or, or lead the not the company, but the all of it, the culture, all of it. They they wanted to to have more influence than they were given. So it it wound up really influencing col- uh, Roman culture a lot, and we see that when Paul talks about it in Corinthians and, and other places. If anybody has those verses, I'll uh, pull them up here, but. Uh, well, Tal's, uh, I keep going. I actually have the verses or anything. I know up. we should have had these. But what I'm, what, what we're talking about specifically, actually, AJ and I, uh, AJ, EG, AJ, AJ and I did a little bit of a study. Uh, we were reading a book called Roman Wives, Roman Women, and uh, what it discussed partly was in Corinthians, where Paul's talking about things like uh, a woman's hair, the way they should pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these kinds of things you have to kind of understand the culture and the people that he's talking to. Yep. Corinth was an extremely Roman province, and this was at the time before Rome became super imperialistic under the rule of Nero. Mm-hmm. So, moving into that, the culture itself was very—that's um, probably my iPad freaking out over there. But, um, sorry, distraction. But in the Roman culture in itself, there was a lot of feminist movements. Where, and I can't remember. Do you remember the name of those women who were like just basically high class escorts? 
but they were like, you know. No, I don't remember what they were called. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Roman wives and Roman women. You can get a chance to look at that. We might have a description link down there. Mm, yeah. We will. Um, but anyway, these high-end, and basically that's the way it was described, it was that they were high-end escorts, but they held all the power. They were the ones that uh, senators would come and pay money to sleep with, and you know they had great influence because they were these extremely desirable uh, hookers, essentially. And they were raised to, you know, do high status levels yep. within the society itself. And they earned all the power and they had all the influence. Um, well, if, if I can. No, go ahead. You know, a little bit about a little part of that is also in that time period, the slave women were beginning to have more rights than the, the Roman women. And so whenever they would become free, they were actually on a higher level than the Roman women. Mm. So they were able to enter into school and start to become learn how to be orators. They were able to become senators and different um, politicians of different types. And so when you get that, like in, ver uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 34, it says, let your women keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. That verse specifically, I know a lot of times that irks a lot of people, you know, in a, a certain way. People, but, about fifty percent of the population. Yeah, about fifty percent. Mm -hmm, fifty percent. But they, they, <laughs> um, the reason that was being said was because in Corinth they were influenced heavily by Roman culture, and sadly, already at this point they were being influenced by the world rather than fully. In, they, I mean, they were definitely influencing the world, but they were being influenced as well. Um, specifically by this idea that women in the in the <laughs> world were able to talk in public forum in the public town square, they were able to actually give or or orations. Or yeah, things. orations. Yeah, they were yeah, they, they were right. able to speak out uh -huh. like and do the teaching in the public square yeah. where people would listen, and so it was starting to find its way ever so slightly into the church, and so Paul was having to kind of talk on that subject like, hey, you know that's that's improper. You know the woman. You mm -hmm. know the women need to be submitted to their husbands and learn at home, so and not speak out and teach in the in the congregation, and so that was just some of the stuff going on in Rome at the time, um, and we'll kind of dive a little bit more into that idea um, in today's culture and how it's not exactly wrong. You know, it's not wrong for a woman to speak, but just kind of we'll touch on that yeah. here in a minute. As well, well, yeah, and, and it wasn't exactly the point of whether or not a woman was teaching or what they were teaching. I mean, a woman, many, many heroes of the faith were women. You know, you have Rahab's and Ruth's and, and Mary's and all these kind of women that are in the book. It's, it, it's not about them preaching. It's about the reverence around the whole of the situation yeah. or, again, around the actual sanctification, the holiness the standard that's set you know that's really what it is so back on the historical part of it uh, i was going to ask you little john what is i mean what do you have an idea of how it's actually kind of crept in more i mean with with more modern day america and everything is essentially like why was why has there been a remnant of feminism in general do you oh, think uh mostly just because of it started with woman suffrage i mean there's nothing wrong with that, but that was like the foothold is, and I don't know if there's anything we could have done to change it. And and I, I completely think that women's suffrage was needed. I think that as- You think that they should have suffered? <laughs> I think that they should be able to vote. They already have to deal with childbirth, man. Oh my Come gosh, on. stop it. Man, I disagree with that. What do you mean? I don't, I don't know if women should be able to vote. Oh yeah? Okay. I don't know Go if ahead. anyone, I think the original, personally, I think the original idea should have been landowners only. That's not I, me personally. I have fair. no stock in in the world right now, like in the, uh -huh. in the country, and so I don't think like I don't own anything. I don't own a house. I don't own land of any sort. No, I don't. I point. don't think I have. I, I I don't think the general population has the 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 stock in the game really to even like want to make decisions and mm. to truly have a desire to make these decisions for the greater good of the country now that's mm. just my personal view i don't it's not just women i don't i think people who don't play a, a mm -hmm. part in open society should really play a part in the voting but that's I mean, kind of 
just kind of my thought. Maybe <laughs> a little they bit. take your money out of your paycheck every yeah. week, so oh, you have that's right there. The right the there gives you the right to mm. do it. I mean, they take well, money from. I also you. think taxes are wrong. Taxes are too, wrong. But I think that uh, we can get into a whole different thing. <laughs> taxes here. are taxes theft. are one hundred percent wrong. Uh, I can just stand on that. That yes. amendment is is false. They had no right to do it. The only only thing that had the right <laughs> state taxes is the only thing state yep. taxes state taxes. Wow. I mean, according to the law, maybe, but I mean, even state state taxes, taxes because it was only in uh, federal taxes was only allowed during times of war or whenever they needed to pay back debt. Oh, okay, good point. F- uh, state taxes is a little more debatable. Uh, I personally still don't think unless it's for a specific cause, like to pay back a debt. They don't have the right to take state taxes out. But we also have roads and things that need to be paid for, so I'm not going to really fight and argue with you because uh, I like having a nice-ish road. Yep. You know how it is in Oklahoma. Every road has some pothole somewhere, and you cannot avoid it. I, well, no, that's very true. Very, very true. But, I'm just saying, like, get a big enough car and then pay the tax on that. Yeah. Anything... Uh, so I, I just went through a thing on this. Any, <laughs> uh, any international commerce... It, any international and national commerce, then the federal government has the right to tax it. Um, they do not have the right to tax anything local. So if I buy honey from down the road, they don't have the right to tax that. Uh, anything like that. Uh, they they also don't have the right to tell you how wide a door has to be or how you, know, how you have to build your home. They have no right to do that. The only person that has the right to do that is, is state because gotcha. it's in the yeah. state. Things like that. The, but... The, but but women shouldn't have the right to vote. I can see both sides of it. So <laughs> I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, but at the same he time, is. like, I, I do think I, people that don't have a, a stake hmm. in it, and I, I didn't actually. Yours is general. It's it, yours I, is not you're, sexist. Yes, you that's know. fair. I think if if a woman uh, falling on the lines with AJ, I think if a woman has owns land or is involved in the economy in one way or another, they have the right to vote. Oh, yeah, for sure. Think the same thing as any American. If you're involved in the economy, you have a right to vote. If you own, especially if you're a homeowner or a landowner, you have the right to vote. If if you are a person who lives under your parents' roof and doesn't have a job, I'm sorry, in my opinion, you don't have the right to vote. You're not affecting... uh, Right. You're not affecting anything anything in the nation... Yeah, you're not a, you're not putting anything into it. Why should you get anything out of it? You jobless freeloader. What are you doing? Yeah. So I think women, as long as like personally, I think as women, as long as they are putting something into the environment, they have every right to go in and vote so that they can take something out of the economy or environment. But that's like where in America it started. I went through and actually looked at a bunch of the quote unquote historical figures that influenced uh feminism in america and most of them were women's suffrage time period um a lot of the more common ones though are like hillary clinton and uh right uh oh what is it uh, ruth bader ginsburg ruth, people like yeah. that ruth. <laughs> uh, ruth bader ginsburg that one was funny um but a lot of them were just women who like one one that i found was really weird was uh amelia Earhart was on this list right and uh i was like that doesn't that doesn't make sense for me what doesn't make sense for you (laughs) amelia Earhart on the list of feminists yes because in my opinion she wasn't really a quote-unquote feminist she just she wanted to fly her plane from america to england and back that's a feminist for you I'm like that doesn't even just make a sense. Useless. She shouldn't even be able to fly. Yeah, why is she? Like, why is she? How does she get her license? No, that doesn't even make sense to me. And then the only other thing she did was founded, uh, helped form the 99s, which is a group that helps women pilots get their license and okay, fly. Cool. That's all she did. Like she in, didn't influence anything else. She just flew a plane from America to. To England, and then across. was the poster child for some exactly sort of equal rights. I feel movement. like a lot of them. There are there are a lot on here. Aviation. There are a lot on here that are, uh, like the founder of Planned Parenthood is on this list. Oh, uh, Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger. She's on here. She she was she was a feminist and she was also uh, a Nazi, a racist, uh, a racist Nazi. Racist. Uh, Michelle Obama's on here. Like like you know. Three times. I, know how I would she say, is. I think a lot of these... Why like is Michelle women, Obama on there? She should be on the other guy's list. She should be. Uh, Oprah Winfrey's on here. Like, a lot of these people are more modern. There's there's not... Like, a lot of the ones that they quote as being feminist just, like, 
like Amelia Earhart or did something. The only other one was the woman who, uh, what, wouldn't stand up on the bus or whatever? Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, yeah. I don't black, think that was black. for females. I think that was for black people. Uh, that was for both. They counted for both. Oh, that's they, they're, they're just stealing. Say about that okay. is, I, I feel like that's kind of like the founding fathers thing, like them mm. taking people, yeah, exactly, who did something good, which wasn't bad, yeah, and attributing feminism, like this is because of feminism. They were yeah. a feminist. They were a they, feminist. Yeah, they helped, br- you know, bring us up. And there's, I mean, obviously, I think you guys can see we are kind of joking about some of these things we're yes, saying. We we're are. not you know misogynistic well, i'm not joking type. i don't think amelia Earhart's hat looked like a vagina <laughs> i'm just saying that's true that's i mean fair. here that's that's the real issue it's like they, they, okay fine count amelia Earhart or rosa parks as a feminist uh-huh. fine they stood up for something that was a right for feminists just because you want to run around right yeah yeah but yeah. just because you want to run around displaying your genitalia on a hat mm-hmm. or whatever i mean but that's what it's divulged into now like now we are into what I think most Americans would define as toxic feminism. A toxic feminism. Fourth wave. Fourth and wave remember feminism. that toxic, exactly. fourth wave. toxic feminism. We actually got our our definitions all we, messed we, up earlier today. Oh man. Between toxic feminism and toxic femininity. We we were yeah. looking. Everybody has a different meaning as to what toxic femininity and toxic feminism is, and all of that in between everything. All we figured out is these have to these definitions because what people what let's look up the definition of toxic feminism right now. Okay. And see what comes up first. Oh, are you looking it up? I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, you I got have you toxic go. femininity already. It says oh, you do, yeah. Refers uh, toxic femininity refers to the adherence of the gender binary in order to receive conditional value in patriarchal society. Oh, it is a concept that restricts women to being co- cooperative, Whoop. passive, sexually submissive, mm-hmm. gentle, and uh, deriving their value from physical beauty while being pleasing to men. I've one side wrote that. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's that. one side. But like, what's the other one? So toxic feminism. This is off of Urban Dictionary, and I hate <laughs> it. But that's the only that is the only place I could find a definition for toxic feminism. If right. you look up toxic femininity, it's everywhere. You look up toxic masculine or masculinity, it's everywhere. Toxic feminism is the belief that women should always be higher up than men, often backed with physical or verbal abuse towards the other gender. Not to be confused with feminism. Not to, not not to, be, to be confused, confused with feminism. And yet today, if you go look at the media and look at social media, mm-hmm. the people who are screaming that they are feminists are toxic. They they, they are by definition by definition by from that urban definition, dictionary. <laughs> they are toxic. I hate using urban dictionary, but that's all. No, I can nobody's going to sing it as a credible uh, credible source. I, I mean, understand that. It makes perfect sense if you are any kind of you know, common sense kind of person. Like Mm -hmm. you like to think about it. Women are not superior to men. Yeah. In general. Yeah, sure. Fine. But women can do things that men can't do. And men can do things that women can't do. You have a role. Yeah. You have a place. You have a very equal valued place in society and in the household and in the workplace, Mm -hmm. no matter what, but you're not superior. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't make you lesser or greater than no. men. It's, exactly. it's that idea. It's it's the idea that they have to be higher up, but in fact, we are a role-based society. You know what? Most We've always been a role-based. Most feminists have a problem with, they, they want to be the ones that are on top because they, they charge men with the crime of having it too long, being on top too long. They're like, well, you've had your, you've had, you've been up there on the top. You've been ruling the CEO positions you've been making all the money and all that kind of stuff yeah we've also been the bricklayers and the construction workers we die we die more. more often we're in prison more often we do uh what else suicide suicide more often uh yeah we're we're 99 of bricklayers 99 of construction workers 99 or not 99 army but it's pretty still like 75, 25, something like that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And if you take into the prisons, they're all, men are also raped a lot more often. Yep. I mean, that's, that's Men are raped fact. more. Men are molested low, more. Men have lower education rates, lower yep. literacy rates. Yep. How are... A lot of these statistics also come from uh, Jordan Peterson, who's a big yep. uh, so, uh, social economic... Uh, isn't he a professor or something? Or uh, he, He's a psychologist. Psychologist, trade, too, yeah. But he's a professor. He was a professor. He's not anymore. Yeah. But, um, but he's he's brilliant, and uh, we love listening to him. But 
A lot mm-hmm. of this stuff is factually correct. If you go and online and we can look it up and, and see just the bricklayers alone, it's 99% a men-occupied yeah. job. But if you go and look at like law firms and the people that run law firms, most of them are women. Yeah, I mean, you got, yeah. you know, single female lawyers, but yeah. I mean, it's... And that's the thing. If you guys want equality, if women want equality, then yeah, fine. Come over here and load two tons of bricks with exactly. me every day for eight hours in the sun, and I will respect you. Exactly. You should get paid exactly as much if as I do. Yep. If you're doing the same work. But if I do two tons more than you, mm-hmm. I should be paid for two tons more than you. You see what I? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Okay. Well, and then you get into the fact that. Uh, Oh, what? Oh, never mind. Go, keep going. Okay. I screwed it up. Keep going. <laughs> well, I was thinking uh, agreeableness also. Oh, agreeableness. That's agreeableness. Yeah. That's that's one thing that makes women in in those jobs, like a law firm, that's why they are on top is because they have higher levels of agreeableness. The same reason why more women are cashiers, because they can communicate and agree with their customers more. Why they're, you know, there's an e- a little more even market on... Uh, on marketing people. Yeah, sales it's and marketing. Ma- on sales and marketing, you have a good mix of both men and women because that, that takes a, a fair level of agreeableness and a fair level of assertion. Things well, like right. that. It's but this... you see this. I mean, I've never been sold anything by a woman. And really? I'm not saying that for any other reason other than I've just never had the opportunity for a woman to sell me something. I have. I'm... Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a store or yeah. like I'll go get clothes mm-hmm. and there's chicks there trying to tell me what to wear and yeah. what I want to buy and then I'm like back off I'm married <laughs> but it's you know I can see that but if you can you can see a clear delineation in society and in general where women are picking certain jobs men yeah. are picking certain jobs mm-hmm. and it's really not women are picking certain jobs and men are picking certain jobs women are picking certain jobs and men are doing the jobs that are necessary exactly like you can't have an office building for you to go and practice law in without some guy yeah. who built the place. And the building, yeah. Unless the whole place was built entirely on the backs of women. Mm. I don't want to hear about your feminism. Exactly. That's being honest. Well, I was going to say that the, what it came back to me, I caught it. Uh, it was the pay gap. So they talk about pay gaps all the mm. time. How oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The pay gap. Less than, less than men. But a big part of that is the fact that they take off more often because of you know children and stuff like that. They, um, they're less willing to ask for a raise because of the agreeableness. The agreeableness. They, mm-hmm. They're not really in that competitive mindset. So that's another aspect of the whole thing. And the ones that are in the more competitive mindset get paid higher because they yeah. are fighting for it and they don't, they're not as worried. Uh, the other thing is you, in a lot of these law firms and a lot of these other places that have a high women work rate, like a, a higher amount of women working there, they can't keep them once they hit 30 or 40. The women quit after that because they realize they haven't put any time into their family. And women are creatures who want to be homemakers. How it's dare just, you say that? It's just in their How dare psych- you, psychology. You, you I'm a married assume. man. I know my wife. She's that way. Our she wives wants to are be very special. Oh, yeah. They're very unique. And there's not a ton of women out there like our wives. Just saying. I. Yeah. I would beg to differ. Oh well, I've met a lot of women that are that way. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not in, not in any form of sarcasm or anything like that. Everybody out there deserves to be a single female lawyer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, like he said, at a certain point, yeah, they they want to be at home. Like that's why there's such a crisis right now with women that are older that have been like CEOs and that kind of stuff, making a lot of money, law, lawyers, mm-hmm. and then they realize that there's not a lot of men left because they're all married up and. They, but they realized like, hey, I want to start a family now that I've had my career for fifteen Too years. Too late. And you know, having one child is already tough enough, and finding someone to have a child with. And so it's yeah, it's just yeah. I guarantee you that that attributes a lot to the declining birth rates in the in the it society does. in general. Oh yeah, for I mean sure. you're, you're looking at people. I mean we've noticed in general, and I've, we've probably talked about this on the show once or twice, but the, the birth rates are declining. People are having babies a lot later in life, getting married a lot later in life. And so when you get to a certain point, you're in your 50s or your you know 60s or something like that trying to raise a teenager for some, for some people nowadays. And so you're in your 60s trying to raise a teenager unless you instilled in that kid and it's like by the time they're in their teenage years, they're taking care of you and wiping your diaper butt. 
I'm just saying, if you yeah. ever dealt with a teenager. But mm-hmm. I, I just so you have you have feminism on the rise. You have uh, uh, birth rates on decline. You have women who are realizing in their mid 30s and 40s and stuff like that that they wanted a family, and now it's impossible to get one because of their aggressive slash non-agreeableness or because they've just spent their entire lives in a career. Now they're toxic feminist, right? Or no toxic femininity, right? That's what toxic femininity is. Is it late onset toxic femininity wanting to have a sexual partner and start a family and be submissive? That would be defined as femininity, maybe not toxic femininity, but wanting to be feminine. According to to, the definition of toxic femininity. Yeah. Well, and another part of that with the <laughs> toxic femininity I saw, it, it, it's interesting because, like I said, it seems like it's written by one side because it, 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 it's, it all talks about how they, they're, doing, they're doing this trait so they're doing it so that they can please men. And I think that's the part that's like the problem. So a lot of these things are good, you know, like being cooperative, um, sexually submissive in a in a relationship like both people should like you are your spouses and your spouse is yours yeah like you have those that right over each other's body being gentle i don't know how that's a problem um deriving their value well deriving their value from physical beauty like that's that's a cultural thing a societal problem that's a cultural and i don't see that in like people that like in the christian world at least in our christian world right we Mm -hmm. don't see women that have that issue you know that they're not worried about pleasing every man there's a man that they're trying to please yeah which there's is her husband. a man mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's not you know to look like a swimsuit model or anything like that it's yeah. it, unless the man is toxic unless the man is toxic and that you know that, that happens from time to time. that'll be a future episode, episode. don't be. worry we're gonna touch on the guys too yeah nobody's getting out of this one nobody's getting out of this one alive i i heard a really interesting quote um I don't remember who said it, but if you, you know, we don't ascribe to the evolutionary mindset, but I heard someone talk about how human humanity at the beginning of everything, like the societies that tried to make like matriarchal where the women would go out and be the hunters and the men would be the gatherers and stay home and, and mm-hmm. take care of the house and stuff, they would die off. And the reason we have it the way it is, is because we understood that if there's a hundred women and one man, that society's not going to live. But if there's... No, the other way around. Other way around, yeah. You, there's a hundred women and one man. You can impregnate all of them. Oh, yes. That's a hundred babies. I say it wrong. Sorry. Yeah, if there's a hundred women and one man... Or, sorry, if there's a hundred men and one woman, she can only get pregnant once in nine months. But one man can impregnate a hundred women. Mm, and right. so there could be a hundred new babies in that same nine months. And that society will lift off. And if that's kind of, that's, I mean, yeah. Yep. You know, so at the beginning of time, you know, with Adam and Eve, you know, he was able to, they were able to pump out a lot of babies, but then once there was more men, they were able to, you know, they had concubines, they had multiple wives back then and all that right. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the earth was, they were, they, they were able the to earth fill it. And, yeah. Quickly. So very quickly. Do like rabbits. <laughs> yeah, like, like rabbits. Don't be Catholic. I'm, I'm not being Catholic. No, well, I mean, shots I mean, fired. I mean, <laughs> and so, and I mean, and, and another aspect of this is like going all the way back is I, I was thinking about the curse of, of Eve, and I, I've said this before, not on the podcast, but just in in life. Um, I found it interesting. I heard this. I don't remember where I heard it from, but I found it interesting that the curse of Eve was that her desire will be for her husband, but that her husband would rule over her. Yep. And the wording there in the Hebrew is very, very similar to the curse that was given to Cain. Mm. That sin is at the door. Uh, its desire is for you, but you will rule over the sin. You need to rule over the sin. And so the wording between those two scenarios, and, and the Hebrew is very pop, does this a lot, where it, it gets two scenarios together mm-hmm. and kind of get like they play off of each other. And so if you connect, if you connect those two scenarios... The woman is equated to the sin, not that woman is sin, but in these two scenarios, the woman, woman is like the is sin, sin crouching at <laughs> door. And Cain is the man. He's supposed to rule over the sin, but the sin will try to rule over him. The same mm. is for the, you know, the curse of Eve. She her des- like a woman's desire, like it or not, tends to be, tends to be mm. that she, you know, will rise up when a man is not doing his job. And then a lot of times yep. throughout the Bible, even that's not a bad thing. You know, in Judges, when there's Deborah, she was the only one willing to do the job because the men were not 
taking the role that they were meant to take. Yep. Right. Um, but there, you also see that in life when, you know, we got weak men nowadays and a lot of times mm. women are the ones ruling the house. Mm-hmm. They're doing the discipline. They're doing all of that. And it's not their fault. Really. It's our fault for not being the men that we're called to be right. taking the role that we're called to be. We and should be far more toxic so we can get back to where we belong <laughs> oh and gosh. put those women back in the kitchen. Don't be beta males. That's Don't what we're be gonna, a beta being man. super chads. These super chads. <laughs> yes. The but, jawline and everything. <laughs> so uh, continuing on with this, like where we're going from here, um, my, my brain goes to uh, what happens whenever you do try to uh, make those those 99% of men in, in bricklaying, what, what happens when you do try to make that an even 50-50? What does that then turn into? Any ideas? It turns into equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. That would be qualified as? Uh, uh, I don't know. Communism. Socialism communism. and communism. So, yeah. And if you look <laughs> at history, and yeah, if you look at our thumbnail, uh, history was started in communist, or history... Of feminism was started in communist Russia back in uh, what time period? Soviet Union. In the Soviet Union, what would early that be? 1900s. Early 1900s. Yeah. Maxi so, Pan should be free, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at our thumbnail and if you look at our background right now, we have the original feminism uh, logo, which if you look has the fist. Yes, yeah, so we of, started doing uh, our own thumbnails. What do you guys think? The, the black Please power. Uh huh. Has the red fist. fist. It's the same thing. The red, the red fist is the original. The is, communist yeah. fist. The communist fist. Everything that that is used for communist flags. It is the communist red fist, and it was used in the original logo for feminism. So just think about that. Yeah. If, if you push for this equality of of gender of everything, you eventually wind up with a femi- feminist population or yeah, of, absolutely. of communism sorry that's what i meant to say and there'll be a f- couple of elites who you know two legs bad four legs or no four legs bad two legs, two legs good, good right yeah isn't that the quote well really i mean like you were talking about with the communism thing like it's rooted in communism it is. and that's the interesting part about it is that anytime communism gets in the middle of it what is communism's job like what is, what does it always try to do that marxism it subverting the family like yep. It's subverting the that what they would call traditional gender roles, but it's really the biblical model where there there should be a husband and a wife mm-hmm. and children, and they should submit to the to the parents, and the wife Agreed. submits to the husband, yeah. the husband submits to God, and that's how we're supposed to. And it all flows correctly. And it all flows the way it's. We're all tov. We're all in the order tov. that God Good. wants it to be. He named my and, toes. <laughs> and so, but once that starts to come in and, and you see that with feminism ever since it started coming into mm-hmm. the wider culture it has started breaking down this family structure and we become less religious less you know god focused and mm-hmm. more individualistic and more um focused on well really like i keep talking about the secular humanism it keeps going back to that every true there you go we, yep we there it constantly is. go back to that and we constantly are thinking that you know we can end world hunger and we can do all these things which sound great women's rights and all this stuff sounds great and it's not wrong for a woman to have the same opportunity if she wants as a man Mm. but Mm. doing that over the natural role that a woman wants women naturally want to be mothers oh so you keep saying that if anybody listens to this podcast and you keep saying what women think this is what a woman really wants. <laughs> this is what a woman really wants. She wants to she wants to give out babies. She wants to do that kind of stuff. They have arguments against all these natural things. But can you defy nature and nature's God? Yes. In this culture, everybody thinks so. But really and truly, if they you try. do that, then where do we wind up? 47% suicide rate within transgenders. I mean, it, it's, I'm just saying... You wind up with anarchy, really and truly. If you define nature and nature's God, which is a quote from Founding Fathers, they use this term to oh, okay. define uh, the laws that they believed. Like, um, you like, like there are certain laws that nature has. Like, men are men, women are women. I'm going to call that one out again. Men are men, women are women. Okay, that's a law of nature. And uh, if you like, in animals and everything like that, and anything that that animals do that's a law of nature yeah animals do gay stuff 
Not not originally, anyways. They didn't originally do gay stuff. I mean, no, no, gay stuff wasn't done in the garden. Exactly. If you look at the original intent, <laughs> whatever. But then you got to tell these feminists that there's a god. Exactly. That's and why are point. we not? You, that, well, I'm trying to circle back to what AJ's yeah. saying here with with what you're saying. If, if okay, let me let me finish. Come here. on. So if you look at nature <laughs> and nature's God, nature nature says, you know, you have killing in nature. That I'm giving a blanket nef- definition of what nature and nature's God is. Nature's God says not to kill, even though in nature you they they kill. Animals kill each other, things like that. Na- well, God nature's, says nature's God to, says not to murder. Not to murder, not not even really to kill, except for in certain circumstances. But killing's not a sin. But murder's a murder sin. is. Like killing in clo- cold blood is. That's murder. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, bear. Get with it. <laughs> The- thievery is not a sin, or is a sin. Sorry, what, what? Gosh, you got See, me all messed up all now. I'm all frazzled. Got me all messed up now. The thievery is a sin, but yes. in nature, an animal can steal from another animal all the time. You sure? Yes. They're not supposed to. They're not supposed to, but that's what happens in nature. As of right now, that's what happens in nature. So nature and nature's God says not to. Mm. If, if that you makes go, sense. If you go against nature's God. But if you're going against nature's God, then you can. You, do you these think things can be? Do you, think you then become squirrels, immoral. Squirrels in the garden with Adam and Eve. Do you think they stole other squirrels' nuts? No. No. Why? Because nature's God ruled nuts. Right. Right. Well, why do they steal nuts now? Because what did you say? There's <laughs> a plenitude of nuts. There's a plenitude. There's a lot of trees in the garden. Why do they steal now? Because sin. Because sin. What's sin? Our flesh. No, what is sin? What is sin? What does the Bible define as sin? Go ahead. I'm. I don't know where he's going with this. No, not sin, but by the law. Law. Sin, sin is, is transgression, transgression, of, transgression the law. of the law. Okay, yeah. So. Go ahead. If thievery mm-hmm. is a sin because mm-hmm. it's against the law of God. Yes. Why can squirrels th- steal today, and it not be sin? I'm yeah, so confused. Philosophical. I don't right. know where it's you're really getting out there. It's really kind of space cadet. <laughs> space cadet. Anyway, no. What I'm trying to get oh at gosh, is, is this: is that the 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 commandments, the commandments. We were commanded to do these, and if you look at the Bible, it says commandments were added because of sin. Yes. Because of sin, commandments were added. Yeah. So if there was no violence and thievery or anything like that in the garden, even amongst the animals, I mean, it says that eventually the lion will eat, lay down and eat straw again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we were kind of like vegetarians and not fighting against flesh or eating flesh in general, any meats. These commandments come back out. And so these are allowed amongst the animals because they were innocent of any of this sin. Sin and violence, these things like running down and mm-hmm. killing a chicken or something like that because the barn cat was hungry. That kind of stuff has entered the world because of our Yeah, it's sin, our fault. Because of man's yes. sin. So those are natural laws. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they are following the commandments that they were given. They said, mm-hmm. God said, you can do what you want. You have to survive. That's the animal's commandments. Yes. Our commandment is not to sin, not to murder, not to do these kinds of stuff. And to put our genders in their places. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. If we can get okay, into the Bible aspect of it a little bit yeah go ahead so i was thinking about that from the old testament perspective a lot of in the feminist community that hate christianity they talk about how the god of the bible is very misogynistic but if you really look at the commandments if you understand the culture surrounding the especially the commandments in the old testament um you you get the you get the idea or you see that like for instance women couldn't serve in the in the temple Correct. Couldn't serve in the tabernacle. Um, they weren't allowed to be there to do certain things. Why? Not because he's a misogynist, but because God didn't want to, because the pagans would have temple prostitution and he didn't yeah. want them to look bad in the eyes of the world. They there wanted it to be yep. set apart and to be different. Um, I don't know, different like rape commands, uh, like the command against rape. Like if there's uh, if there is a rape happening, the woman needs to cry out. And then the man gets put to death. If two people lay together and they, you know, and they they're found out, then they're supposed to get married because that's a right. covenantal thing. But yep. all of these types of things are connected to this idea that God really was protecting women 
in a lot of the commandments that are there. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think that is missed out a lot on. And oh, yeah, missed absolutely. By a yes, absolutely. Yep. <sighs> Women. It's been, I mean, we, we, we were wanting to hit this subject. I mean, of course, this is at a time in our, in our history and in our lifetimes where we saw, uh, <laughs> where we saw a law that was unjustly put into our constitution, uh, into our laws, mm-hmm. uh, decided by the Supreme Court of the United States, the Roe v. Wade. That's what yep, we're talking Roe v. about. Wade. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are currently recording this just a few days after we saw it overturned in our lifetime. Yes. And the uproar of femininity uh, or feminism, all of that. What that's going on about women having control over their own bodies and things like that. At a certain point, I mean, breaking it down, you want control. Women mm-hmm. want control. Why don't they have control? Or no, well, you actually had something that you wanted to say. I just wanted to comment on the Roe v. Wade thing real fast. One of the people who uh, voted to overturn it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Wait, what? Ruth Bader Ginsburg? She wanted to overturn it. it. RBG? Not RBG. Yes, she did. Yes. So think about that. They're putting her in an area or in a. Uh, she's an anti-feminist. Yeah, she they they claim her as Go a feminist, her. and yet she voted again or she voted to overturn. I mean, she died, right? She yeah, she died she, she, like during Trump's administration. I hope you do rest in peace. Yeah, RBG, honestly. Yeah, no, like in all seriousness, rest in peace. Enjoy the enjoy the nap, and yep. uh, um, you were still a soul. We loved you. Well, and then just like talking about the the Roe v. Wade stuff, I mean, that whole thing. Like, obviously, we all we all believe that that's murder. I mean, they have a completely different viewpoint on it. They they don't think it's murder. They don't even think it's a human, and that's the sad part. Is like, for such a long time that women would see that gift as a gift, even if it was like an mm-hmm. incestuous type of, you know, it came out of an incestuous uh, union, or it came out of. Uh, some sort of a rape and something horrible there's still something beautiful that can come out of that that horrible pain and you know i am not a woman obviously i wouldn't know i would dealing with that trauma could be tough but i've heard plenty of stories of people who even with that evil that happened to them they said this is the only gift that they are given out of that evil yep and Mm. it's it's just it's sad because like i was talking about with the the curse over eve this idea that you know, they want control over their bodies. It goes down to killing the most innocent of life that there is. You know, like I, I saw this bit. It wasn't really a bit, but it was more of like a almost like a gotcha thing um, done by Breitbart. And they did mm-hmm. like the man on the street, Will Witt. He was doing oh, it. Right. And he uh, he showed this article about how they're trying to save these um, try to save these eagle eggs mm-hmm. because these, you know, uh, the bald eagles, it, is on that list of endangered species yeah. and they were like hey what do you guys you know basically asking women on the street what do you guys think of this should we protect these eggs should we try to help make sure they're safe you know they're not really right eagles yet or anything but should we try to protect them they're, and they overwhelmingly everyone was like yeah we need to save these we need to save these animals we need to make sure that they they can can continue to proliferate and right. grow stronger. Make sure the species continues. And then right after that, he said, "What do you think about abortion?" <laughs> and most of them didn't get it right away. They were just like the exact opposite. They were just they were like, like, "Oh, that's know, a woman's woman has right. a right to choose all this stuff." And it's just like, but it's the same concept. Yep. You want to save an animal, but you don't want to save humans. Yeah. And it's, what's the thing? It, mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's is. I thought it was really interesting that you know it's like they don't want to the most innocent thing of human life because that's the most important i mean god's creation is great but i would kill all the eagles if it <laughs> meant we saved every single baby that could be born oh yeah oh yeah i destroy you know? i destroy an entire species if it meant humans were saved i mean just being honest uh, but now fair question for you do you think that that has anything to play into that secular humanism i mean the fact that they dehumanize uh, a conceived child you know yeah i mean i i definitely think it has a big part to play because um, because they're focused on the the life that is already here, so they they want to make sure that that woman gets what she wants, rather than making the human species to continue. Right. Mm. They, I mean, it's not going to die off right away, but it, 
it, you know, if we keep doing this, if it, if it becomes a thing where it's very, you know, it happens to everyone, then I I I heard a crazy statistic that in New York City alone, mm. there's more baby black babies killed than born every single day. Yep. Oh well, then which fine. is crazy. It's the most extreme version of gentrification I've ever heard. Yep. Right. And it's just it's so crazy to me. Sorry, yeah. did I say gentrification? I meant euthanization. Yes. Sorry, I meant genocide. I mean, <laughs> it's all the same thing, right? I mean, something like that. I mean, we're just trying to, you know, like Margaret Sanger said, don't let the black people know we're trying to get rid of the trash. Right. Uh huh. You know, so You're such an evil human. I mean, that's a small paraphrase, but she might as well said it. So, what do you think about, like, from a biblical standpoint, and like the woman's role? Is there anything else you'd like to say about, you know, kind of how women should, what role they should play, and should they even have rights to vote? I mean, as far as I'm considered, uh, when it comes down to scripture, if you're a Bible believer or anything like that, God started with family, I believe, when he came to the creation of the human race. He started with family and he started with man. Yes, he started with woman. And he gave he gave the woman as a helpmate, as a gift to the man, as someone, because it is not good for us to be alone. We are, by a biblical standard, we are required to have the female. Because it is just not good for us to be alone. Yeah, I, know, I know we have the Apostle Paul who says it would be better for you to spend all your life studying God instead of getting married and having to deal with those kinds of things. But it's the woman's there as a helpmate. From a biblical standpoint, I need that woman there. I need my woman in, my, in her helpmate position because, quite frankly, the rest of my life does not function properly. And I, I don't think women really understand fully their value from uh, a role standpoint or from their role standpoint from a, from a biblical standpoint sorry I just when you start off that way you think of you as a female are the one who's got the maternity you're the one who's actually teaching yes but teaching like on a regular basis I mean you come back the man will come back from from temple would come back from synagogue and and teach their children teach their family about the Bible However, the daily kinds of things, you know, they were either done in a school or they were done with by the mom or you learn the trade in general of what's going on. Women or sorry, little girls would learn what their mother did. The Bible says that elder women should be teaching younger women how to weep, how to cry, how to take care of these kinds of things. I mean, even in our church, we can attest that the emotion and the actual spiritual feel of our women in general, they have a much tighter supernatural connection than the men do in the most part. Most of us men are are still in a very hunter phase. We're still very much uh, doing the leadership role, but when it comes down to this kind of supernatural connection from a life-giving standpoint, I believe there's something supernatural there, being able to hold life within your own body and develop it. And that's literally almost the most important role of either gender is the continuation of life. The Torah is about life. The Bible is about life. We're trying to get to everlasting life. And getting to everlasting life is described as a marriage. And so we have a place with our king as far as the leadership is considered. And our king should be the head of the household. And as an example for the men, the men should be the head of the household here on earth. And so that's, I mean, that's just a real generalized version of it. But while Christ as head and God himself doesn't necessarily need his creation, he wants it, he desires it. But us being fallible humans, I believe that men, men, we've lost a lot of our role. And at this particular point in our juncture, we do need, we need the women. But we need you in the place that you're supposed to be in order for us to be in the place that we're supposed to be. That's my personal thought. Anyway. Yeah. I was, um, I heard something today as well that, you know, you kind of brought up the idea of like a, uh, a woman lawyer, a woman who's a lawyer can't do what she's doing her practice without a man building the building that she's in. As a general rule, that's how it is. I mean, architects right. generally are men, but I heard something that was really profound today. And if there's one thing I would want you guys to, to take from this is, is this right here. If you look at every building in the world, you know, think of a man built that. But if you also do the converse to that, if you look at every person in the world, a woman made that. Yes. And that is in and of itself such an amazing, beautiful honor that they get. I mean, it's such like 
to to be able to create like you said it's it's an emotional type of thing to be able to create create life in your body mm-hmm. is one of the most profound amazing things and i think honestly there is a special place you know in god's heart for women because he gave them that ability to create life in them yep i it's the most amazing role you could have so if there's one thing i would i would want you to take from it it's that women <laughs> there without women we would not be here <laughs> well quite true quite true quite, quite true i've been through three pregnancies with my wife with with my wife i, I didn't experience much. i had all the fun none of the pain <laughs> so and then again then again the emotional stress that it goes on a dad during you know a good dad anyway during pregnancy or something like that or during labor Ooh, ooh. yeah it can be tough but yeah now i gotta go hug my kids they're precious little <laughs> gifts I might kiss my wife too. She does a really good job. I think all of our wives do for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. It's because we put them in our place. Because they want to be there. They desire to be in that place. They that's desire to. That's part. that's the great part. That makes it easy on us. They yeah, really want to be does. in that place as our supporter and helpmate. Yeah. So, no, any final agree. thoughts, Lil John? No, I don't have any. Yeah, no. I think you guys all mm-hmm. summed it up well. So. Yep. Yeah. We're, not, we're not misogynists. We do love women. We, oh, and we do love the women. <laughs> Specifically our wives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, mm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to stop thinking about my wife. <laughs> Come on, Bear. What you got? No, that's really about it. I want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys can drop a like, drop a comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do. We love you. We uh, thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again on this road. recovery hey guys thank you for joining us in today's episode we hope you enjoyed it if you did please like and share with your friends please follow our show on youtube and apple podcasts and spotify and spotify also follow our instagram and twitter my dad and my uncles are very excited thank you for your support have a good day